Welcome into the Pokes Report podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside Brian Murphy and special guest, Ew. John Walker. Hello. Uh, I feel like it's been like a year. This is my first foray back into uh, getting back into sports media. It's been a while. I've, I've been gone like a month and a half. And nothing's really happened since then. No, so. I've, I, I will say this, though. I've had people reach out and they're like, man, I saw you wrote some commitment articles on Pokes Report. I had them written three weeks before the announcement. I haven't, like, written. I did write, like, Spur of the Moment, Christian Encarnacion Strand. I wrote that story about him getting called up, which is super cool, super happy for him. And uh, I pre-wrote my uh, experience piece on Colorado rejoining the Big 12, which we're going to dig into a little bit here in a bit. But I wrote that uh, last week of June. I wrote that way back in June. So it's been a, it's been a minute. Since uh, since I've kind of dipped my toes into the into the sports media realm, and I'm excited to be back into it, uh, I got my. I told John on the phone earlier today. It's Sunday, uh, July 30th, that I got my email that my credentials have been approved. Nice. Uh, I'll be covering. Uh, yeah, I'll be covering the football games for Robert in the fall. I'll be doing the pregame show for Triple Play Sports Radio. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited to to get full back into it. But we got a lot to talk about, which is funny because as you just mentioned, not a lot has happened. Less than a week from the start of fall camp, which is yep. just nuts. Which usually, usually that always coincided with back whenever I was a GoPokes subscriber. Uh, that meant that artic- an article was coming out by Robert about mm-hmm. how good all the players look. Yeah. Uh, whenever they're checking in, uh, now we get those throughout the summer, of course. Um, but uh, always love, always love this time of year. It's kind of that. All right, it starts to feel like football season now. If you walk outside right now, it does not feel like football oh, season. It was brutal. But um, what so. John, what it, what does it becomes football season? When's that first like? Is it going to a first practice? Is it? Yeah, I was that, gonna say, is it when it actually starts? Yeah, or probably, like it, 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 it'll it used probably to be, be when NCAA football came out on PlayStation. Yeah, right, that was right, that was right. it. That may not be for a couple more years. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, man. Hopefully Bummer. it's next year. Hopefully around this time next year we're too busy to record Fing- a podcast. Fingers crossed, man. <laughs> Fingers uh, crossed. We'll do it with our PlayStation headsets yeah, on. Yeah. Sure. We'll do like a an, we'll we'll like do an Oklahoma State rebuild on the on the Pokemon yeah. podcast. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to mute the fourteen year olds in the background yeah. that are swearing yeah. and stuff. But I think I think yeah, I think when I step out to uh you know, I think Zach said we're recording this on, on Sunday, July thirtieth. Wednesday marks the uh the start of fall camp. We'll get Gundy in, in a couple of players for the first time. And I who think do you, when who I do you want right off the rip, yeah. What, um, who do you want? And then we'll then we'll fully dive into it. But like you you see, you mentioned Gundy and players, so I'm thinking if right. if it's how it always is, you're looking at Gundy before and right. then player, most four likely after. four probably yeah. four or six two so, and two. So I might have a different answer than everybody else because you know I went to every single spring practice and talked to mm-hmm. I mean, we got all to, of them, yeah. And then I was at Big 12 Media Days, and we got Corey Black, Colin Oliver, Brennan Presley, and Preston Wilson. Um, guys who I think we'll probably talk to pretty frequent this season. That'll be the four they trot out there on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Just the same four. Yeah. So, I mean. Anything else I forgot yeah. to ask? I, w- I would love to talk to a quarterback, though. I don't care which one it is. Um, I think they all have unique, you know, including Zane Flores. Um and you won't get to talk to him. No, 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 no. But I think so. They, either get Gunny or Gunner, Gunner or Rangel. Yeah. So, so they, here, they just all have interesting stories. I top would to be bottom. so okay with talking to to Garrett. Me too. I, and honestly, like we're we not. Get, we didn't get him last year. The media will not get to talk to Alan Foman. However, Pokes report. 
subscribers will get to talk to Alan Bowman. But I think even if Alan Bowman were available, let's say that Mike changed up his philosophy, and if you join the program as a first-year player at the turn of the semester, you go through spring football, you go through summer football, that counts technically as a year. First-year players are available to talk in August. That's not going to happen. That's yeah. a uh, that's a that's fake. I'm coming up with that scenario, sure. but let's just say that's what it is. And Alan Bowman is available on on Wednesday. That mean that I do think that's important because declare a starter for the first time essentially. Yeah, because I think Allen will be the starter officially. You know? I think so as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I but that not because I don't think that Garrett Rangel is not going to be a good quarterback because everything he looks bigger, he looks stronger. Um, heard some good stuff about the way he's playing through metabolics and stuff like that. But I think I would rather hear from Garrett than Allen. Uh, just because even even though I believe that Allen's going to be the starting quarterback and I want to know what his thoughts are in the transition period and, you know, from, from Texas Tech to playing against Oklahoma State and, and your medical, you know, the, the weird anomalies that you've had that typical athletes don't suffer collapsed lung. I mean, that, that typically doesn't happen. It, it does if you get stabbed with a needle, but it typically doesn't happen, a collapsed lung. So, and, and then going from Texas Tech to Michigan and thinking you might play and all of a sudden you're having to set for two years and, and then you're back in the Big 12. But when I look at the journey that Rangel has had, when I look at the fact that there was so much promise to last year's season and no one, myself included, expect to see Garrett Rangel play a lick, maybe a handful of snaps down the stretch, no more than four games. blowouts, yeah. Yeah, we're talking like the whole season. Ten snaps. Maybe. Arkansas Pine Bluff. 20 max. Nine of which are handoffs. Yeah, Yeah, 20 max, and that that would be including uh, the – Fourth game, which is the bowl game, and if that happens, you know, all of a sudden Texas rolls around and you're rolling and things are going well, and you, you know, you went to double overtime with TCU, and then you go to Manhattan, and all of a sudden the wheels fall off everything, you know, and then it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Transfer portal happens, Garrett, you are the guy. We're bringing in a freshman, but you're the guy. Then you get the bowl game. You're still the guy. Now, all of a sudden, here comes Alan Bowman. You've had a good spring. You've Literally had a good summer. Literally 11 p.m. Yeah. The so night before transfer I, I, closes, yeah. I'm excited to hear from Garrett. I don't know when that'll be, if it'll be that first week, if it'll be the next week. I requested him for media day on Saturday. Yeah. Well, I, no, unless you, you'll week. for sure get him on media day. I, I think I think that's an all – I think that's a guarantee. I, I don't know for sure, but – A guarantee. I mean, a guarantee, yeah. I, I think so. Um but I, that's that's what I would want to hear more, more so than Alan Bowman, you know, and and not because I don't think Alan's important. That and the athletic, you know, Bruce Feldman had a pretty in depth feature on on Alan Bowman yeah. uh, about a month ago now. So yeah. yeah, I I think you know through and through reading that, it it seemed like everything that Mike and and everybody and Casey said in the spring and that and that people like Brendan Presley have said about Alan Bowman seemed to be true in that story too. So I I think. You know, if you read that and have kind of paid attention and, and stayed in the loop, you probably know or at least have a pretty I- good idea of who Alan Bowman is. Well, what would you all think about Alan going to the West Coast and taking half the receiver core with him to go work out there? I, I'm i to- torn. I, I view it two different ways. Um, I, l- I like it because you typically – I'm not I'm I'm not taking shots at Spencer. I'm not. Um I'm so thankful. And and it sounds weird from a media perspective, but I'm thankful for the 4 to 5 years that I had with Spencer, you know, and and the interactions that I had with him and and obviously 
you look at the football program itself, and it wouldn't be uh, not where it is right now, but he is one of the winningest quarterbacks in program history. You know, and you look at the yardage and the stats that he put up. I mean, he comes back and, you know, you're literally two inches from winning a Big 12 championship. Uh, you come back from the largest deficit in school history to knock off a top five all-time program in Notre Dame and the Fiesta Bowl. I am forever grateful for what Spencer did for Oklahoma State. But you didn't really have a situation like that with, you know, it, with specifically Allen taking receivers and going and having, like, private workouts not on campus. Like, it, that in itself felt like, I, I don't know, some kind of, like, big program kind of a thing. You know, like, that's something that you would hear out of Alabama or that's something that you would hear from Auburn. An or NFL something. training camp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. NFL, yeah, yeah, you're not. Manning used to do it. Yeah, you're not hearing that from an Oklahoma State standpoint. I think when you look at last year to this year, you know, when you when you scroll through the the uh, the wide receiver roster, right? I think you have your you have your guaranteed guys. You have guys like Brennan Presley that is is hopefully set for a big a big season, right? I I think that it's safe to say that Brennan Presley is going to be on the the scouting report for every single team that they play this year. But uh, you look at a guy like Jaden Bray, you know, that to me, I've got Jaden Bray circled because to me, that's the biggest question and not, can he perform, but how does he look coming off of multiple injuries? You know, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster, he's more experienced, but what does Jaden Bray look like? You know, are we going to get to see, uh, resurgence of Rashad Owens is he gonna you know is, is Rashad he's big he's strong he's fast what role is he gonna play they finally have Blaine Green back in the receiver room what's Blaine Green gonna look like everything that we've heard is he looks pretty good um, you know just kind of scrolling there's Brennan I'm just going well, through the, the, roster the big one here. for me is Taylor Shetron and that's can, a big question can as well he show up you know the the guy who showed up at the spring game that looked like the second coming mm-hmm. of Des Bryant or is it the guy who didn't get on the field at all last year? Yeah. You know that was kind of a that was such a weird, and it, and it always kind of is 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 who you see in the spring game. What oh, was the kid from PC North? What was the kid who uh, the guy who just went off in the spring had two touchdowns? Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So spring game, yeah, take from it, you know what you will. But the point was, you saw pure athleticism out of the guy who went up and, and yeah. you know made some incredible catches, and then you kind of go like. You can't even throw fader outs to that guy. You know, it's just making him a one-trick pony. And that's yeah. kind of what I'm interested to see out of him and Leon Johnson. Does 6'5", Johnson, does 207, yeah. does that translate to this level? If it does, woohoo. Yeah. If it doesn't, then it was a low risk. You know, I mean, that, that was to me, that was a very easy, yeah, come on, because you've dominated at this, uh, at this level, uh, multi-sport athlete, and then let's see what you got. And if he, if he takes off, then it's kind of one of those – You've kind of opened a new door uh, for the transfer portal. But. It sounds like I'm going through the list, right? But I, I, I don't have any questions about Brennan Presley. Mm-hmm. Not, none. So I'm not even going to address Brennan here. I'm not even going to bring him up. But, it, and again, it sounds like I'm gonna, I've got a lot, like I'm going through all of them, but the, the receivers that I have circled that I really want to know, obviously the top of the list is going to be Jaden Bray for me because I think Jaden has a chance to do something pretty special this year if he stays healthy. But that all predicates from the offensive line. Does the offensive line see yada yada, whatever. Everything depends on the offensive line. But Arlen Bruce, 
You've got kind of a physical slot. You that's, can that's my one. You can operate him out of the backfield if you if you need to. Um, he was in an offense that let's uh, nothing against Iowa. Everything against it's Iowa. Iowa. They did not move yeah. the ball. I mean, we we know that the offense is going back to a more pro Correct. approach. Picture Arlen Bruce in a role like Wes Welker. Yeah, for for the late two thousand Patriots. Yeah, you've got a you've got a physical guy. Uh, he's experienced. Uh, his freshman year was really solid in an offense that again did not move the ball. Uh, you brought up Talon Shetron. I'm really in. I I, I don't want to say excited because that sounds like I think he's going to be one of the main guys, but I'm really excited to see how he fits into this offense. I'm putting zero pressure on Talon Shetron, but he has the size. He has the the abilities to do it. Can he put it all together as a redshirt freshman? I'm not sure yet. Uh, again, Jaden Bray. Uh, Blaine Green, that's a guy that I'm super ex- interested, excited, um, nervous. You know, I've kind of like the butterfly feel because he has a chance to be really good. You go back and watch his high school tape, he was incredible. Dealt with some injury, got shifted to Cowboy back because they were so thin there. Uh, his brother transfers, you think maybe he's going to transfer as well. All he did was transfer back to receiver. I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, Rashad Owens, that's a big question mark for me because I think he could do something. Leon Johnson, that's my that that one there is such a wild card for me because he's. I saw him. Um, man, I'm trying to remember what game it was. It was a basketball game. It was a Big Twelve game, and it was him and Brennan Presley. Like he had just shown up on campus, and so it was him and Brennan there getting on the elevator in Gallagher, and I rode up with him. That dude is. Six. If he's six five, I'm six two. He's like six six. He he's six 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 and a half. Uh, very tall. Uh, needs to put on some weight. We all knew that. You know they have him listed at two oh seven. I don't know what what that actually is because for the longest time they had Avery Anderson listed at what like one seventy five, <laughs> and then this past year they put him at his true weight, which was like one fifty seven or something yeah. like that. So I don't know if Leon Johnson's actually two oh seven. But maybe with all the pads on. But like you said, if that athleticism and and pure talent translates from D three to D one, which I think is a big ask, but if it does, then he's going to be a really solid outside receiver. And then you go down a little bit more, and you look at Dejon Stribling. I'm very excited about Dejon Stribling. He played in a Power Five conference, albeit the Pac twelve, which may or not be may or may not be a conference in the next five years, but. He had a really solid freshman year, and he had a really good sophomore season. Um, led those classes in almost every statistical category and looked really good against some pretty good defense defenses in the Pac-12. So I know it sounds like I went through all the starters, which I kind of did, but if the offensive line plays the way that the coaching staff thinks they are, they like we've talked, we're going to talk about it here in just a bit, you know, they've switched up the schemes a little bit. If the offensive line can stay healthy, can they can protect the quarterback, whoever is back there. Whether I think it's going to be Allen Bowman, but if it's not, if they can protect the quarterback, this to me going into the season, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to predict all Big 12. I'm not going to predict all American. I'm not going to predict Heisman or Belitnikov. I'm not doing any of that. But to me, this receiver core, if the offensive line does what it needs to do, it feels almost like that traditional Casey Dunn receiver room. You know, like last year going into it, you're like, man, there's a lot of really good talent. And then the offensive line started to get decimated. 
and receiver started to go down, and you didn't really have a lot of hope for the offense. But just the way it is right now, it, if the again, if everything predicates the offensive line, but it kind of has that feel. And John, you haven't you, you haven't been here long enough to really know what a great Casey Dunn receiver room feels like. But it, going into fall camp, it kind of feels like the receivers could do something pretty special. Well, probably the pinnacle of that was was the James Washington, Marcel Aitman, that group. Um, you know, and it just seemed like whenever you saw one of those guys run off the field to take a playoff, mm-hmm. you weren't worried about, oh, crap, everybody knows we're going to run because our receivers. It was just like next man up. Here uh, comes Marcel here comes, Aitman. Here comes Chris, Chris Lacey. Lacey. I mean, yeah. all these dudes were in the NFL Stoner or in the XFLs inside. or all the yeah. FLs that are going on right now. They've all, Yeah. They've all played Stoner, man. I hadn't heard that name in a long time. Um, or they know her. Hey. <laughs> but <laughs> Kids show. It's, yeah. it's a kids show. Family friendly here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yes, no, you're, you're right. You've, you've got a lot of talent. You've got some guys who have played, um, you know, whether it's here, various places. I think one interesting thing about Arlen Bruce is um, with Jackson leaving, you're going to need a fourth running back, and he has played running back before. Does he? Does he mix in there? I'm just saying you've got a. It's not we only have three and uh oh. Yeah. You know you've at least got a guy who could who could mix in there. But well, uh, and I'm not going to go through it again because we talked about it at length throughout the spring. I think the running back room got better in the trans with the transfer portal. Whether that's departures or whether that's people coming in, I think the receipt. I I think the running back room got better. And if you have that wild card of a guy like Arlen Bruce, and that's I think that's what excites me so much about the receivers. Yes, you do have Leon Johnson, who was D3, and you do have a Cowboy back that hasn't played a lot that now is back at receiver, and you have some guys that didn't do much. But you went out and you got two power five receivers, and you didn't go to Vanderbilt. And I'm not knocking some of these smaller schools, but you, you didn't have to go to like a UAB or you know a, a very low-end – power five or, or high-end group of five or anything. You went like out in Washington. Yeah, but you went out in – fair. But you but, but if you look at – th- Not a knock on Dijon. I think he's going to be – is well, Actually, Washington boy. State, Washington. so there's that. Well. Um, but when you – But when you look at the defenses that he went up against, like everyone – and it's fun to do. It's fun to poke fun at the Pac-12 um, because they kind of brought it upon themselves, you know, when the – what, three, four years ago – I. God, I guess it would have been three or four years ago when the quote-unquote implosion of the Big 12 was happening when OU yeah. and Texas decided to announce the Pac-12 is like, we don't want anything from the Big 12. And now all of a sudden, you know, you've got UCLA and, and USC, they're gone, and Colorado's now gone, and and uh, your mark is sitting there licking his chops. You know, I think you probably, at the very least, you'll see one more Pac-12 in the Big 12 now, if not more. But when you go through those teams, whether they – make it to the playoffs or whether they struggle or whatever, there is a lot of really good talent on those teams. And when you look at the numbers that, that Stribling put up, that's where that that's what kind of gives me hope for this receiving core. Is you didn't go out and get a bunch of unproven guys. You went out and got a really solid contributor out of the Big Ten on an offense that didn't do anything. You put him on an actually an actual productive offense and then you put a very talented Pac twelve receiver on a, a productive offense in the Big 12. And I, I think those two guys have a chance to do something pretty special. And as you mentioned, which I, I do find very funny and kind of, you know, weird that a lot of people were freaked out that, that uh, Desmond Jackson entered the transfer portal. DeAndre. 
DeAndre, excuse me, Desmond and her, the, yeah, DeAndre Jack, because Des. he he goes and sells a lot of his stuff on Facebook Marketplace throughout the spring, and he didn't do anything the year before. Why are you, like, I'm not knocking DeAndre. Like, I'm sure he's, a, I don't have any experience with him, but I'm sure he's a great guy, but you lost a non-contributor. It's stuff like that. He was, that he was literally your, your your fourth running back. Yeah, I mean, and, he and had how often a, what a handful of carries maybe throughout the year and didn't really do anything. And how like, often do people get too bent out of shape about the fourth running back? How, about, how often do people know who the fourth running back is? Yeah, and and that, and know? I'm not trying to be mean or hateful or rude or anything like that, but you lost a guy that did not do anything, right? And gained an Elijah Collins who could be he's your a thousand, He's a thousand yard rusher in the in the Big Ten. And now you have a guy like Arlen Bruce that you can sort of utilize out of the backfield, hopefully not so much in a Tyree Kill type of role, but um, because there wasn't much of a role. So he was a, well, they, they tried to play decoy. I don't want to talk about Yursich. So, um, John, who do you think, yeah, John. Who do you think is going to take yeah, first – who do you think is going to take first, first snap, first carry out of the running back group? Running back, Jaden Nixon. Yeah, I would agree Nixon? with that. I, I think they uh, – yeah, I think Nixon. I agree. I think he's he's probably. I'm going to disagree, but go on. You'll I, be wrong. I think he's probably the most, or he'll looked at at least early on to be the most versatile because he'll be able to play. He'll be able to run between the tackles and pass catch. Yeah, now we saw Ali then yeah. put Ali Gordon in those situations, i.e. West Virginia. West Virginia. That was a bad situation. It, it was, but they trust him to to run routes and run yeah. you know run wheels down the sideline, and we all know how good Ali's going to be. But I think I think Elijah Collins, you just hand it to him and tell him to put his head down. Yeah. I think Jaden could, uh, you know, if you get in a hurry up offense, you're not going to have to change backs just because you're switching to under center now. And I think I think the fact that Jaden doesn't that he hasn't had a lot of touches throughout the years, like had a 53 yard run with no shoe. Yeah. Like now, and I, I, let me. I'm not trying to say that he hasn't done anything. But when you go back, like, he's had some really solid performances. Yeah. You know, and he's had some really, really good runs. But he's not really a guy. He hasn't really been a guy that's been super focused on anyone's, you know, pregame checklist, right? you got a guy like uh, Dominic Richardson who had a couple of really, really, really good performances. He's bigger. He's strong. He's fast. You know, when, when Dominic Richardson was on, he was on. Um Obviously, when you go back and you look at um, the running back from 21, Jalen Jalen Warren, wow, um, that's obviously scout team. That's that's the scouting report number one. Like before anyone else, other than the defense in 21, Jalen Warren right there, right on top. Um, you know, obviously Ollie Gordon. He's fast. He's strong. He's big. Um, he played a pretty good amount last year. And then you look at a thousand yard rusher like Elijah Collins. I think when you look at a guy like Jaden, and and I know that you you and Jay are really high on Jaden, but I think that the fact that he's been here for what three years now, three three and a half years, um, he does have experience. He is stronger. He is bigger. They've put weight on him. He looks different. I think he is prime for a breakout. Now that doesn't mean that Ollie is not going to be a that's main the, contributor. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Ollie is going to get a lot of snaps. Elijah Collins is going to get a lot of snaps. I don't know if you're going to have a designated, you're going to take two-thirds of the snaps, 
and then the other guys are going to split a third of the carries. I don't know if it's going to be an equal third for all of them, but I think it's going to be more equal than people think. Yeah. At least to start off. Well, you'll play about 90 snaps on offense, sometimes more, sometimes more. Give or take. More. Yeah. Let, let's say. Wait, let's, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you talking per game? Yeah. Uh, that's that's the old Oklahoma State. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I guess they're sped up. Remember, now, we're huh? we're gonna slow it down this year. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna three yards in a cloud of dust oh, and then try man, to play action wait. and go over. I'm ready the top. for right, some so let, eye so formation. Let's, let's say they have seventy five seventy five snaps. Let's low I like that. Yeah. Low ball seventy five. Let's say they have seventy five snaps. I don't think it'll be an even twenty five. No, I think one running back will probably take thirty two of those. Yeah. And the other two will split the And that's fair. I I'm okay I'm okay with that. Because you're you're gonna have all three of them healthy. Yeah, you'll, you'll have a quote-unquote starter, but, sure. but you're not going to have, like, Jaden's not going to, it's not going to be like Jalen Warren. You know, Jaden's no. not going to have 32 to 37 carries a game. You know, it's going to be, you know, 20, you know, it'll, it'll be, it'll, I, I think it'll be fairly even because you've, you've got good experience in Elijah Collins. And I think the quote that Ollie gave what the first spring football, I guess, is is when that was. You know, he was like, "You ever, you know, show up to a a test, and you've actually gone over the material, you know, and you're like, man, I know this. I know that. That's what college football is for me. And now he's had that was the first spring football practice, and now you have an entire spring, and then you have an entire summer, and you've got a really it, the the I think the best thing for the running back room." It's everything we've heard about Elijah Collins. The leader, like he is talented, but the leadership that he brings, everyone likes him, everyone knows him, everyone trusts him, and that experience with Ollie, that like that'll be massive for Ollie in his in his game. See, and, and that's Elijah is who I think would take is going to run out there and take the first first handoff or you know first snap whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's who I think is going to run out there just because of that leadership aspect that he, he's come in and, and everybody has talked about that. I think you reward that. Um, and it's not a slight to, you know, the guys behind him aren't going to go, well, what the crap? We've been here three years. They know, everybody knows in a room who the leader is, whether you're on a baseball They'll team. They'll enter the transfer portal. They didn't take the first snap. What the hell is going on <laughs> out of here? Yep. But no, they uh, that that's who I think is going to go in. And just to to go back to last year and just one last little Dominic bashing um, is, you know, who had a longer run last year than Dominic Richardson? Me, DeAndre Jackson. <laughs> he actually had a twenty-two yard run. Zach had a twenty-three yard run, yeah, and Dominic's longest Bell. run was nineteen yards. Yeah, there was a rather questionable, uh, a rather questionable uh, potato salad pregame last year. There's only two. Had you running? There's only two stalls in that bathroom up there, so I had to, had to run to another. Man. Good TMI. paper towels, though. Well, let me tell you, they do. Oh man, you. So you came at the wrong time. You came post COVID, yes. um, pre COVID. They had mouthwash in the bathroom. Yeah, mouthwash. Uh, the the not toothpicks, but like the floss picks, mm-hmm. um, mints, and like deodorant and cologne. Pre COVID in the bathroom. Yeah. Wait, cologne. What kind of? I mean, are we talking like okay, the body, like body sprays. Are we going nineteen nineties? Like, Aqua like, like, uh, like body sprays. Oh, and stuff. Like all sick of deodorant but, that you were supposed to use after some <laughs> deodorant else spray, oh, like okay. Rite Garden stuff. Okay. Like I think they had a couple cans of Axe, and but it was, uh, but it was it, they had mouth rent. It, yeah, it was great. All right, our, it was a magical time. Can we rein this back in, Jiminy no. Christmas? No. We're Good, it's off, gone. We'll try, but we can't. We're <laughs> off the rails now. We're so who's who's going to block for these guys? Probably Who, the offensive line. Who's gonna Who's gonna you know, actually open up something? 
because the offensive line didn't block last year. So, so I, so I think I might be lost in the in the mix on this. Who's going to play center? That's a good question. I don't Pres- know. Preston Wilson's going back to guard. Yeah, um, Mahalski or probably Mahalski. Or although I could Materko. be wrong, Robert's going to listen to this and he's going to say, is "You it, don't read anything I write." Is it McKinney? Will he play this early? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so think either. Uh, I don't think he'll play. Yeah, I just didn't know who was going to play. Well, because uh, it was Mikulski that moved in some last year, wasn't it? With Eli Russ, yeah. but then, I mean, it was a revolving door of injuries. At and that's, It was, but I, I think he's the one who's know. actually right. gotten the ball back to a quarterback. Okay. Him, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't. So, so what, we'll have Dalton Cooper for sure. Cooper, uh, I you'll have Cole Birmingham back. Cole is healthy. And Jake, Jake and Springfield. Here's the thing that I think that, and I actually talked about this the last time I was on the Blitz, not with you, John, but, like, the last time I actually did, talk, like, talk sports on the Blitz. All, almost all, I think you can contribute nearly every single shortcoming and fault from last year's debacle, which was still a, a, a winning season and a bowl game. You can You can attribute almost every single bad thing last year to the offensive line not being healthy. It wasn't that the offensive line was bad. You were playing third and fourth string offensive linemen. You were playing guys that that don't play positions. You were having to play sick guys. You were having to play injured guys. You were having to play tackles at guard and centers at tackle and and it was it was a bad schemes, yes, but it, it was a revolving door. You were having to play. How many go throughout college football? Go throughout the history of sport. How many successful seasons are played with third and fourth string guys playing positions that they don't typically play? You aren't going to have a lot of it, okay? If Cole Birmingham immediately makes this offensive line better, so so there's the so he played primarily left tackle in 2021, right? I think so. so when Dalton, he was healthy. Yeah. Right, right, right. Dalton Cooper started every game of his college career at left tackle. And I think you'll have Cooper so, at tackle. So can you have Cooper at left tackle? Would I think you shift him in. Would Cole be able to play right? Yeah. Tackle? I, well, I think you'd still have Springfield at right tackle. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think you would just shift Cole in. And then the you'd have Wilson. And the, right. But your, your best offensive lineman last year by the numbers was Brooks. Yeah. So you're taking and you'll have and when and that's see and that's the good so could thing. Could Queso be right? I think you'd have Queso at right probably, and uh, then maybe I, I think you'd have uh, K- who is Queso? Jason Brooks. I've never heard of him called Queso. That's his nickname. Queso. Oh, yeah. um, so sit in here with you fellas. Today. I think you. I think you'll have you'll have Springfield and Cooper. And this is Jack. just Zach. I don't right. know. I mean, Robert's yeah. probably going to yell at me. He'll call. Oh, that's that's he'll what. Call, He'll call really, me that's John and I. That's what we're here to yeah. do is just get you yelled at by Robert. He'll call me if TD comes in again. Um, I think you'll have Springfield and Cooper. You'll have Queso and Birmingham. And but then then the, what about Preston Wilson? Right. So, so there's another. But Cole Birmingham, like so that's the that's the big question is how many rotations do you have to make it make these and you don't try to play people so their feelings don't get hurt. You know, so they don't transfer. But if you have a guy like Birmingham that is good enough and healthy enough to play, how many rotation? How many rotations do you have to make a guy like Preston Wilson, Jason Brooks, you know, Cole Birmingham, Mahalski, Maturko? Like, how many of these guys are in rotations? They're like, okay, well, we're gonna take a conservative seventy-five snaps. Right. You're gonna play a good chunk of them. What What a different conversation than six months ago. Sure. 
and and but in here, the best of ways. But here's the oh, thing, yeah. though: we were having this conversation last year ahead of fall camp, because if the if the offensive okay. line stays healthy last year, I, I'm not saying that you don't get blown out by Kansas State. I think that was just the perfect S storm. That was ridiculous. I don't think you could they stay hit their groove. You could it never, was, and yeah, and I'm not taking anything away from Kansas State because yeah. them dudes, they were incredible. Yeah. But I don't think that I don't. You could play that game a hundred, like ninety nine more times, and I don't think you'll have another situation. I don't think it'll be like that again. Yeah. But that was just a per. Everyone gets injured. Everyone gets you know. I mean, you the the fumble into the end zone. I, I mean, it was just it was a ridiculous. Every I mean, your your starting linebacker had to be calmed down on the sidelines. You know, I mean, you lose your starting quarterback, you lose offensive lineman, offensive lineman, offensive lineman, offensive lineman, running back, running back. I mean, it was insane. But when you're doing all this without your starting quarterback, and you're doing, and that, and that's the thing, you're playing a kid that has yet to really play college football. I mean, Gunner took some snaps in, you know, in in the non-conference, but all of a sudden you're on the road in an incredibly hostile environment, and you're down forty plus points, and you have yet to score. And all before of a, anybody's laughs about incredibly hostile. Are you talking Kansas, Kansas State? Kansas State. Tens, okay. I was thinking Kansas. I was no, no, like, no. they were actually, a, it was a decent atmosphere. I, yeah. We were telling everybody last year, if you actually ever right. wanted to go to a Kansas game. Oh, it was like half empty. Which one? Kansas. No, I know, but usually we it's a quarter empty. Yeah, you, there's, <laughs> usually there's, there's more people, quarter there people there. was more there, people dude. there than there had been for ever. a Big 12 game in a long time. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, if the offensive line stays healthy, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that Oklahoma State plays like I'm not going to guarantee that they automatically play for a Big 12 championship game because Kansas State was incredible and TCU was incredible and if you played that season the entire season 99 times again to make it an even 100 those two teams are probably going to be in it more than half but if Oklahoma State's if their offensive line stays healthy you're not going to lose to West Virginia you're not going to struggle to beat Iowa State you're not going to get blown out by Oklahoma you know you're not gonna. Let's see who else did they get. Who else did they lose to? Um, you're not gonna lose to Kansas, right? Because Garrett Rangel's not gonna be out there. And no offense to Garrett, because a true that was the first a, game he ever started. A true right. freshman should not start in Big Twelve play, right? I mean, if you look at um, the Texas starting quarterback, mm-hmm. did he play as a true freshman at Ohio State? Did he start a game? No. Okay. Um, you're probably not gonna see. Um, the younger the the Manning, what's his name? Arch. Arch. You're probably not going to see Arch start a game unless something drastically bad happens, and then that's the situation we're talking about. Yep. So if the offensive line stays, now I do think that the scheme, I think the gaps, gap scheme is going to just be drastically better Has than be. last year. Has to be. Even if you have guys that get injured, it kind of takes out the be thinking better. process, and yeah. that's a big part. I, the cohesive cohesiveness on the offensive line, and when you're, you know, a zone scheme, and you just have people. Oh, I don't know who's going to be next to me the next snap. Yeah. How do I know how to effectively communicate with this guy so differently than I did who was in here three games ago, three and plays ago? Yeah. And so when you can just kind of impose your will and say, "Here's a gap. It's either counter or power. Blow it open." Like th- it kind of takes all that out. Yeah. And actually, somebody making it to the linebacker group. To block somebody there as well, not just yeah, I would all five Braden of you Cassidy going to the right, to the left. Like if Braden Cassidy comes through the offensive line and he's coming straight at me as a middle linebacker, I want no part in that. And here's the thing. I will say this. It goes back to the conversation that like I had Tom on with me when we were at the Cowboys versus Cancer. 
out of the out of the Stillwater Country Club. Um, and we actually had Blake Jarwin on, and we talked cowboy backs and tight ends. I, I don't want to say never, but it is going to be incredibly, incredibly, incredibly rare that another Blake Jarwin comes through Oklahoma State. And I think that the coaching staff saw Blake Jarwin and what he did and said, let's try to replicate this. And it just went on too. The experiment went on too long. You've got a really solid, I don't know if they're, I don't know if you're going to have a 500 yard tight end. You're probably not, but you do have a solid group of receiving and blocking tight ends. That's the key word there. Words tight end because Braden Cassidy is a fullback. You send him through a hole. I mean, that kid is, he's mean. And that's, I, he's nasty. I, I was going to mention that when we were talking about how many rotations do you have on the offensive line. Yeah. Do you do more tackle over stuff in heavy run situations sure. than bring in Preston Wilson to play tackle sure. for an extra guard? Why not? Because the good thing is you've got, you do have, or, or whoever's that like odd man, whoever ends up being that odd yeah. man out. And the good thing is you do have, when I, when I talk tight ends, you've got bulky tight ends. You know, you, you don't have to take, and, and nothing against Blaine, but you don't have to take a 6'2", 215, 220-pound wide receiver and try to put 20 or 30 pounds on him in order to play cowboy back. You know, and I do think it was a failed experiment, on, but it wasn't on his fault. Like, and, I, and we've talked about it a lot, but when you look at a guy like Jelani Woods, Jelani came in as a quarterback, and they put 50 to 60 pounds on Jelani, but he couldn't catch in practice. Like, but you put him in the game, the lights are on, he's going to catch touchdown passes because that's just what he did. But when you look at the – you didn't have that body type the past couple of years. You kind of still don't, but when you go through the tight ends, uh, Tabri Shetron, uh, he's a redshirt freshman. I don't, I don't think he's going to be incredible, but 6'4", 230, you know, we're starting to get there. Josiah Johnson, you know, 6'5", 235. Uh, Quentin Stewart, 6'2", 255. And uh, Ian Edenfield, 6'5", 272. These aren't necessarily receiving tight ends, but that's a body on the end of the line. That is an that's extra. Go, yeah, that's a blow you up tight That end. is an extra yeah. body. And then you put a fullback in there. I mean, well, I'm, and not every single play clearly, but you are going to have extra blockers. For those listening, go to the Oklahoma State roster. Go on okstate.com. Go to the roster. Go find number 90, Braden Cassidy. Tell me, John, that doesn't look like a fullback. You're that, talking. That is a tag gum fullback. That is a mullet yeah. with handlebars wearing dude. Yeah. For his team picture. So he uh, almost every practice, whether we're talking August to December, he is going to take his pads off, and most likely take his undershirt off, and just uh, he is barrel chested with the broadest shoulder. I mean, he is a stout individual. Like this, this is. is this is what we used to get to look forward to for Robert's articles but after. I'm, but here's uh, the thing, though. Camp. I'm not I'm just saying. I'm not describing. Mus- I'm just. He's broad chested. Yeah. Right. I didn't. I didn't mention that he's got a, a hairy chest and he looks incredibly manly. We've now gone past he, what Robert yeah. would have said. By he the does. way, <laughs> and he has a clone, by the way, as another redshirt senior in Jake Schultz, who's also six three two forty. Yeah. So that's you know. when you look at when you look at the fact that they split up the cowboy back. And you have tight end blockers, and now you have fullback blockers. I don't think you'll ever hand the ball off to Braden Cassidy. There probably aren't going to be too many situations where you're throwing to a tight end. It'll happen, but probably about the same. Natural progression, not a design. Right, and probably the same amount of of snaps 
to tight ends as you saw Cowboy back last year, which was not a whole lot. But that is an extra blocker. You do have an extra body at the end of the line. And and I think that's and this is just offense, right? We haven't even we haven't gone over the defensive side of the ball. But as curious as I am about that defense and the new schemes or the new coordinator and you know where transfers in and transfers out, I my biggest question is going to be the offensive line. And I don't think that'll change. All season long, I don't think it will because we had some concerns at TCU. We're like, oh, man, we're starting to get a little thin. And then there were some concerns against Texas, right? I mean, it wasn't the best game we've ever seen, but they found a way to beat Texas. And you're thinking, man, we're in the top ten. We're, we're, we have one loss on the season. We're going to Kansas State, and that should be a win. And all of a sudden, you're coming back on. you got Kansas. That's a win. Man, oh, we're going to be top five. Iowa State. Yeah. Bringing Spencer Sanders you're gonna, in the fourth quarter. You're going to beat Iowa State for sure. Right, uh, Texas Tech, they'd already beat them, you know. So, I mean, you got the quote-unquote heavy hitters out of the way. OU was going to be a toss-up, and you were going to beat the brakes off of West Virginia. All of a sudden, you roll into OU with one loss, and what would that be, eight, nine wins? What we were thinking at the time. Yep. Something like that. And and then all of a sudden, the, the wheels literally fell off. And so that's the, to me, and, and that was midway through the year. So I will, I will not question the offensive line, but I will always have the offensive line circled as the most important thing. Like you could have to, you, you could have to put, you know, Blaine Green at quarterback because you've lost all your quarterbacks. And my biggest concern would still be the offensive line. Yeah, that's what I, I think. You know, not. I don't think it would be fair to for me to place blame on Spencer's shoulder injury. Agreed. But, um, you know. It's possible, if you will, you know, Spencer Sanders was never shy of contact, for better or for worse. Mm. You know, it's possible that something like that happens in those. But when you have a true freshman come in or when you have Gunnar Gundy come in, mm-hmm. it would sure help if they had some time. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. Well, and it would one. also help if the, the running – if you averaged more than two yards a carry. So I have, I have this story up, actually, that I, I did some research for. On the run game. Mm-hmm. So out of 131 FBS schools last year in yards per game, Oklahoma State came in at 97th. Uh, and that's not 97 be- out of 131. And that's not yeah. and that's not because they were top five in passing. Correct. Um, when it yeah. comes to I would accept that when it comes to yards per carry 3.4 last year. Mm. I think that's generous. They were 109th. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's numbers. Yeah. So I mean, that it all averages yeah. out. But I. Three point four is generous. Yeah. Both of those numbers were the worst of the Gundy era. Mm-hmm. And and here's the thing: like, I understand that I work for Robert Allen, and Robert is perceived as a sunshine pumper, right? A Gundy mouthpiece, and and always Mister Optimistic, and nothing will ever be bad. Um, but when I look at last year, and as bad as last year was, how many wins did they have? It wasn't like as bad as the numbers were as those were the two worst numbers in the Gundy era. It still wasn't the worst record that Mike ever had. No, it was playing with true freshman, redshirt freshman and fourth string. And those are, those yeah. are season season long numbers. You remember in the couple podcasts back, we went through what the numbers were through the Texas game mm-hmm. and then what they were the rest of the year. And they yeah. were so drastically they were, different. They were yeah, top they, 10. They do, they do average out, um, you know, to, 
to these numbers, but it was when you were relatively healthy, mm-hmm. it was a completely different offense than when they were not. Okay, and, th- and that goes back to it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say they're playing a Big 12 championship game because they probably don't. But if you stay healthy, you'll probably still lose to Kansas State. You're, you're, you're not going to – I don't think they would have – even if they were healthy, they're not going to go to Manhattan and win. But you're not going to lose, what, 49 to nothing? Is that was that the score? 48. 48 to yeah. – you're not going to go and get shut out or blown out by Kansas State. You're, it's going to be a competitive ball game, period. Um, you're not – you probably won't beat Oklahoma, but you're not going to get blown out in the first quarter. You're not going to – like, you're not going to have a revolving door of players. You're going to – you're not going to go 7-6 and six and struggle to lose to, to, to Wisconsin in the – Guaranteed rate bowl, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a, a probably a nine win. You're you're gonna be flirting with a ten win season, and you're gonna be top four, top three, top four in the Big Twelve, and you're probably gonna go play in the Cheese It Bowl or whatever it is, or you're gonna play in the Cotton. You know, I don't know what maybe the you're not gonna play in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. You know, I I'd have to go through and look at all the the the, the bowl games or whatever, but you're probably gonna have nine wins, ten wins. You know, and and you're gonna. The disappointment is going to be, well, I couldn't beat OU. Yeah, that's a disappointment, but you're having to play. You're having to go back through all the years. And other than the fact of like a James Washington or a Tylen Wallace, the freak freshman and sophomore or redshirt freshman receivers, or when you look at a guy like Colin Oliver or a Trace Ford, or, and, and these are names in the last five years. So, there's a trend for you when you look at a guy like Kendall Daniels. Again, that means that they get a hell of a lot better players in the last five years. But if you go back throughout the last however many years Mike's been here, what, 17, 18 years, whatever it is. This would be 19. How many freshmen and redshirt freshmen does he typically play a season? Right. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. Other than the last couple of years when you have a freak like Colin Oliver or Trace Ford at the time before his injuries, or a, a Kendall Daniels, and and two of those guys were Big Twelve freshman defensive players of the year, or a Tylen Wallace who was an who was crazy as a redshirt freshman. I mean, Mike doesn't play those type of players because he doesn't believe in it. They're not ready to play. And when you go back to last year and you look at the freshmen and redshirt freshmen that are not that were not and probably still aren't ready to play college football, and they're having to start. You're not going to win ball games. No. It's all right. on. In, it's all on injury. Okay, Brian Nardo, we got a, we got a little bit of time left here. Let's switch and let's talk some defense. Well, I'm hoping that Justin Kirkland's at least taking oh it a little oh. easy on these offensive linemen in the. Well, uh, you know, but, hey, let, it let is me, ironic. We're talking about who's going to be the center. Um, whoever is the center going up against Justin Kirkland is like, does anybody else want to come in here, man? I can't handle this anymore. Hey, for the so for the end of the season, what would you have there? One twenty five point six. One twenty five point six. Um, up through the Texas game, we're one fifty three point seven. Those are two totally different teams. You know, a team that can oh, rush one hundred and fifty versus one twenty five, and then they were we were three hundred and thirteen. Uh, yards a game, so that was what four sixty six, four sixty seven well, yards, and and you're a game ranked, on offense. and you're ranked in the top ten. Yeah, I I think they went into that Kansas State game, weren't they ranked like seventh or eighth, something like that? They were tenth. Ten. They were seventh in TCU, I believe. Yeah, or after, so, but yeah, but still, like you're a, like you're that. a top ten team, and it was one of the biggest upsets. It was, I think, it was the one of the it was the worst loss in the Gundy era, mm-hmm. because that just doesn't happen. But like when you when you look statistically, I think they flashed it on the TV there in the box. Um, it was one of the biggest upsets in the last 
uh, unranked versus ranked team, like I think it was the biggest or one of the biggest upsets in the last like twenty five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It just doesn't happen. So yeah, two two drastically different teams from Texas to Kansas State. That first half to second half, two drastically different teams. And I think one of the biggest questions that people, and one of the biggest question marks I have as well, is going to be defense. You know, you you did lose some talent, right? I mean, it it still upsets me. Uh, to see USC fans and USC media talk about how incredible Mason Cobb was and how big of an impact he's going to make. I'm not upset with Mason Cobb. It's just it's one of those things where, like, damn, dude, if you return to Mason Cobb, you're not going to have as many question marks going into that defense. But you've got a guy like Colin Oliver. You went out and you brought in a guy um, – uh, out of Tulsa, Justin, Justin, Wright. Justin Wright. You went out and got a really talented linebacker that has experience and plays really, who had played really well against Oklahoma State. You've got a guy like Kendall Daniels back. Uh, Corey Black's coming back. I know I'm missing guys, but you've got a really, really solid group well, of defenders. And, and arguably moving Colin Oliver to a more athletic oh, position than going he was downhill. Even, oh man, than he was even in. Oh man, I, Colin Oliver in the in the 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 secondary quote, if you will, like the, the be, back of the box when he. You know, this is not. This is me saying this without any merit. When he declares for the NFL draft after this year, yeah, he'll be listed as an edge for sure. He won't be an outside linebacker right. or a, or a, or a defensive end. Yeah. And for them to have for for Brian Nardo to have one of those in his first year as a Power Five coordinator. Well, think of it, not even that, right? I mean, when you go through that defense, like a guy like Brian Nardo, and I'm I'm still in your side, right? someone was going to hire Brian Nardo. Mm-hmm. There was going to be a Power 5 program that was going to hire Brian Nardo. At some, whether it was that, whether it was last year. Yeah, he's, he's still pretty young. Whether it's this year, what like someone was going to do it. And when they brought him in, it was supposed to be a simple interview. You know, it wasn't supposed to be anything. It ended up being a multi-hour entire staff picking his brain. You know, he's incredibly knowledgeable when it comes to football. He is young. He doesn't have a ton of big-time experience. But let's look at the staff that he has, right? I'm I'm not questioning the hire of Brian Nardo because I do have my questions. Like, can he handle it? Is it, you know, what's what is his schemes gonna be like? What is this gonna be like? Is he gonna be able to do whatever? But when you look at the assistant coaches that he has under him, the success that these assistant like Joe Bob Clements, Tim Duffy, you go back ten years and one of the biggest complaints OSU fans had was the was the secondary, right? corners they can't do anything right they're getting burnt left and right left and right you look at the safeties Ramon Richards really struggled look at the safeties that Dan Hammerschmidt and look at the corners that Tim Duffy has churned out in the last five years you have guys going to Ohio State you have guys going to LSU you have guys that are still playing in the NFL at corner you've got and and for me, that is one of the least of my concerns is the secondary because now you look at the players. Not even, not even talking about, not even talking about Tim Duffy or not even talking about Dan Hammerschmidt, which is incredibly huge for a young guy like Brian Nardo. But what players do those guys have? You've got a guy in Corey Black that's a multi-game starter. Uh, you Kendall Daniels, reigning Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. You've got a guy like Colin Oliver. Lyric who, Rawls. You've got Lyric Rawls who's coming out of nowhere. Uh, Trey Rucker, yeah. who really struggled in early on in his time in Stillwater, who is going to be an absolute nightmare. You have a guy like Justin Kirkland, who yes, he played for Utah Tech, was Dixie State. He is he is tearing up. everything I heard about him throughout the spring and throughout the summer. And this isn't a knock on the offensive line. They couldn't contain him. 
This is a this is an Ika type of player that you have at nose guard. Throw in uh, Anthony Goodlow. Anthony Goodlow, who is going to be good. Justin Wright, who's going to be. Good. I mean, we talked about you know not very many redshirt freshmen getting to play. How many redshirt Cam Smith? How many redshirt freshmen? And, and that's the thing, freshmen and redshirt freshmen on the defensive side of the ball. That yet I always thought that a, a good chunk of those young guys were going to turn out to be good. You weren't supposed to see them play. They they weren't supposed to play. You might see him at the end of games, but you weren't supposed to see Cam Smith play. You weren't supposed to see these guys out there taking snaps, a majority of snaps, and all of a sudden they go into this season as a redshirt sophomore, super, super experienced. So there are questions around Brian Nardo, but when you look at the collection of assistant coaches he has under him and the players and the talent they have on that defensive side of the ball, at least for me, some of those questions go away pretty early. Yeah, I think that it's it's interesting how you know they always say you can't fool a locker room. You can't you can't um, you're not gonna put in. We talk about the quarterback situation. They're not gonna put in the guy that the rest of the group won't get behind. Yeah, they're not gonna go. Why in the heck are you putting him? And he stunk in practice. Yeah. compared to this other guy, the entire staff was in the interview with Brian Nardo, and the entire staff said that's the dude. Yeah, I don't think you can fool. I haven't put truth serum in all of them. I'd love to and know exactly what they've what they've thought, but well, they're all they're all older than Nardo, and they've all been. There's a few of them that have been in this system longer than Nardo has been a coach, and and you could even you could even trickle it down to the players. You're going to get coach speak from players. Oh yeah, the defense looking good. You know, we're flying. Yeah, Nardo, man, we like him. He fly. All of them were they all had nothing but good things to say and it wasn't coach speak it wasn't oh i'm i'm they weren't af- saying it behind a blank face i'm afraid or, to get yeah. ran and yeah we like brian oh yeah we like coach nardo it was all enthusiasm it was all yeah we 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 have more energy you know we're excited this and it and that's not a knock on last year's defense but you know, is this defense going to go out there and be as good as Jim Knowles' last defense probably not i mean that's just very few it's just the way it's going to be college ever but I do think that this year's defense is going to be better than last year, and I'm excited to see what what Brian because you're right. You can't fool a coach. You can't fool a coaching staff, especially guys that have coached for 20, 30 years. They've been in this system longer than Nardo's been a coach. You know, and, and the the question the last couple of years are they going to promote Joe Bob? You know, is Joe Bob going to be the DC? Um, you go back two or th- you go back two or three years, and it was there's some schools that we think are interested in hiring Hammerschmidt as a DC. You know, Hammer wants to be a DC. All of a sudden, you go out and you get a guy that's in his mid to late thirties and quote unquote passed over to hire him instead of the and and they're happy and they're enjoying it and they have nothing but good things to say. No, uh, if if. A, if Nardo's not doing a good job. These older coaches, the guy, the guys that would have felt passed over, would be pissed, and they'd be vocal about it. But they're not. They're well, excited about and it. And if any of them want to go on to be a coordinator, this defense has to work. Has to. So you're not seeing one of those guys go. Yeah, I'm out of here. I don't now. think I'm going to let my. I don't think my corners are going to play all that well this year. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm going to put a lot of effort into making sure my linebacker group is is any good. I, I'm not happy with this hire, so I'm going to let my defensive line kind of kind of lack a little bit. 
John, was there any different feel in in spring practice, or that you felt around the around the defense from either this year to last year, or what what have you seen? You know, since you've been out there at all the spring practices. Yeah, um, I think the you know we Zach, I think we had talked about this on the afternoon sports drive yeah. one time that we started to maybe question if things were going wrong on the offense because the defense was performing so well throughout spring. And yeah. on Triple Play Sports oh, Radio, Triple Play Sports Radio Network, and <laughs> and so yeah, we'll. <laughs> oh, you're good we're for just that. a bunch of goofers. You're good for that. Oh, That's man. so good. Oh, uh, yeah, but so I mean that you know early impressions. I mm-hmm. think that's kind of the purpose of Brian Nordo's defense is to be able to play a lot more freely than you usually would. Yeah, discipline still, but you know you have five defensive backs with essentially all the same goal. Uh, so. Well, and I think that it all goes back to personnel. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's you're not bringing in. You have veterans at every single level. And and it's not just veterans. I, I mean, it is veterans, but it's not just an, it's not just a guy that took a lot of snaps. This is, is I understand that preseason media votes and all this stuff. But when you go through it, Corey Black has, a, has the potential of being all Big 12 by the end of the year. First team, maybe second team, but. Corey Black has, a, has that potential. Lyric Rawls has that potential. Kendall Daniels will be. Kendall Daniels has a chance to be Defensive a two-time player of all- the year. Period. Period. Absolutely, a, a true All-American. Yeah. Uh, Colin Oliver, true all. Colin, you you could go through every roster every year and say, okay, well, this guy has a candidate for Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. Oklahoma State has two candidates. With Kendall and, and, and Kendall Colin. and Colin could be top three. Like, I, it'll be top three, and you can pick who you want to go where. I mean, with Jalen Ford. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. the the talent on this defense, it's not going to suffer because of a new scheme. Like, th- there will be growing pains for sure. You're going to have moments this season. There's going to be moments in the first game where it's kind of like, ah, welcome to welcome to the Big Twelve. Communication happens absolutely. One, you know, one small assignment's blown. It goes for a you know Central Arkansas. It's a thirty yard pass or whatever. But when you have talent out there and you have really solid. Uh, coaches on that staff that have been there doing it'll it for buff. a long time, it'll all buff out. Yeah, don't worry, folks. Yeah, don't give up your season tickets. Who do y'all think at the end of the year leads the team in sacks? In sacks, the Oliver, Goodlow, Colin Oliver. I think it, it honestly, I think it would be between Colin and Justin Wright. Justin Wright, you think yeah. the you think he'll blitz that much? I th- I think the fact that when you when you go back and you watch his tape at at Tulsa. I don't know if it's going to be an end uh, because you don't have a call. Like I, I do think Goodlow is going to be solid. I'm not going to. I'm yeah. not sitting here saying he's not yeah, going to be in the backfield, sure. but I, I think it's going to be a guy that's that's coming downhill. I, I think you're looking at a Colin Oliver type of player, um, and it's going to be because of guys like Anthony Goodlow and 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 a Justin Kirkland taking Justin two Kirkland. taking two offensive linemen to block him. And and honestly, like, you could see what you have a. Colin Clay, maybe. On yeah, the other end. Colin Clay there. Um, let me let's just go through the defensive line here because I've been thinking about that for the past couple of days with with camp starting. Amon Oates, you know, yep. out of NEO. I don't think he's going to be like immediate day one All Big Twelve type of player, but Nathan Latu. Nathan, Latu, let me tell you, if and I'm not saying that he doesn't or that he hasn't, but if Nathan Latu figures it out. Nathan Latou is going to be insane. Mm-hmm. 
And and I'm again, I'm not sitting here saying that he hasn't figured it out or that he's not any good. But if Nathan Latou can figure it out, Nathan is going to be insane. Well, for um, the 18th year in a row uh, at Oklahoma State, we have a Walter Scheid. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, wreaking havoc on quarterbacks. Um, you look Cody. at a guy like uh, Israel Issam and Hundley. You know, he's a, a redshirt senior. I, I think you'll see him participate more. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's going to be incredible. Um, but a redshirt senior, he's been here his entire time, um, 6'5", 257, and that might be a little light. Um, there's I, I'm not going to put any pressure on it, and I'm not going to sit here and say that he's going to be incredible. But I've heard a lot of really, really good things about Deshaun Brown. He I, moved, I think wasn't he, he linebacker in kind of an edge rusher edge in type, high school? Kind of a well, hybrid. I don't really think that. I mean, I don't think that's a surprise. Choctaw, yeah, he's from Choctaw. Yeah, Choctaw has the the number one rusher in this upcoming class, and like Will Smith, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so Fresh I think I, I think that uh, I think Deshaun Brown has a has a really has a lot of good potential. Um, Anthony Goodlow, obviously. Um, Walter, Sh- I'm interested to see what Walter Scheid does because he's he has a chance to to make an impact, um, but I think he's just I think he'll be good, but I don't know if I can sit here and say that he's going to be. I think with him, he's going to be solid. He's going to be solid. Um, you know, Xavier, you, you Xavier feel like Ross. you know what you're going to get from him. Xavier Ross in the middle. You know, that's that's a guy that that you know I was not that there was ever a threat that he was going to enter the portal. But the fact that Xavier Ross came back, that's going to be huge. Um, and we're all just waiting on Aiden Kelly to I, kind of that's it, that's come it. into his own. That was my next one. Um, yeah. You know, 6'2", 295, um, has a chance to be one of those Oklahoma State folk heroes. You know, kind of can go down into the lore of Oklahoma State athletics. Uh, local kid, super small football program he came from, you know, Thomas Faye Custer, um, but is a man amongst boys. If he can figure, if he can make the leap this year, the physicality leap, the speed leap, um, I belong here. Yeah, I'm going up against a six-seven offensive lineman. I didn't see any of those in high school, but I'm still strong. I'm still I'm low to the ground. I'm a bull. I'm going to go out there and just destroy you. Aiden Kelly has a chance to be one of those Oklahoma State folk hero, folklore heroes. Um, so that's that's another guy right there. You mentioned Colin Clay, <laughs> uh, Justin Kirkland. I, I just, it's unfair. Yeah, I just can't. I, I can't just, wait to see it uh, to actually yeah, see it. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, there's there are plenty of there are plenty of areas on this team, both sides of the ball, that has a chance of being something pretty special. I'm not going to sit here on July 30th and say Oklahoma State's going to win 10, 11, 12 games. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win the Big 12. I'm not even going to sit here and say they're going to play for a Big 12 championship, um, play in a New Year's Six Bowl game. I'm not going to. I'm not putting any kind of pressure on this team. But if they stay healthy, I think this team has a chance of being drastically better than they were last year and surprising a lot of people. And I'll. I will go back and um, I'm not trying to be sarcastic or anything, but I am going to kind of give Tom Dorado some credit and say that they certainly don't have the toughest schedule. They actually have the fourth easiest schedule in all of, according to ESPN, FBI. Yeah, so, I mean, if you if you want to really look at it, they don't play any traditional Texas team. They don't play any Texas team, I don't think. Is that right? They don't play any team from Texas. New, They play Houston. Houston. But but I don't. Yeah. They're, they're new. They don't play TCU. They don't play Texas Tech. They don't play Baylor. They don't play Texas. Well, yeah, by doing that, you know, you know the preseason polls – don't mean much, but they mean it. They mean a tidbit. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you avoid one, four, five, and six by by missing out on the four traditional Texas schools. Yeah. And you get two and three at home. I think Baylor's going to be way better than they were last year. I do, too. I think Texas Tech is, as much as it pains me, I think Tech is going to surprise a lot of people. They've got a lot of money. They've Talk got a lot a of talent. Media days. They seem excited yeah. to show that. Texas Tech seems like they're going to be really good. I still have zero faith in West Virginia. None. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I wrote a column on it. I'm shocked that the coaching staff is still there. Like that, uh, that had to have been an incredibly difficult decision for um, Ren Baker. For Ren Baker, because uh, uh, that whole first year, man, my God, he ain't even been there a whole. He ain't even gone through football season yet, and he he had that whole deba- two debacles, two massive debacles with basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, woof, and and then it's okay. Do we bring back the coaching staff? Because if they have a year like they did last year or the year before. Like, whether you are a top 10 perennial program or not, football, except for Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, probably Syracuse, you know, you're Gonzaga, you're talking less than 10 programs across the country where, where basketball is going to make the money for the athletic department. West Virginia makes its money on football. And if you go out there and you trot out another three or four win season, Woof. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of one of those where it may not only be the head coach, the football coach is going, the AD maybe, you know, yeah. if you didn't put enough stock in that. So real quick here, before we get out of here, um, we'll, we'll just leave it at football now. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll figure out a way to get some basketball talk here in the next uh, next month or so. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to go through real quick uh, each game on the schedule okay, and try to figure out, you know, what we think is going to happen. Do you have paper? I got paper. All right. So we're going to – I want you to write down the results here. Okay. I want you to write down Brian, John, Zach. I say that because it's alphabetical. Yeah. And we'll go We'll go through the roster. We'll go through the, the schedule, and we'll see what we think. John, I'll, uh, we'll start off with Brian because we're going alphabetical. So I'm, Central I'm, Arkansas. I wanted to throw you I off. I think we're going to win. I think so, too. Okay. Yeah, I think. And what's cool about this, though, is most of the games to start the year are, uh, are night games. So that's cool. Why is that cool? Because it's an it's evening cooler. game. Yeah, no chance. <laughs> uh, you tell me I'm working till 3 a.m.? <laughs> yeah. No chance. Yeah, welcome to being an adult. Uh, Arizona State. Uh, I think they win. You're not first. Yeah, but I got his W down. <laughs> Dude, I think it's a win. Uh, I think I think it'll be – I'm going to take L. I think it'll kind of be like – I don't want like, it to be, but I'm going to take an L. Honestly, I, I have a feeling it's kind of like a Boise State. In 21, you know, like you're going on Boise. the road. It's, it's Boise. Boise. Um, you're going on the road into a weird place. Um, I think I think Boise would be better than Arizona State, but I think they're just awful. I know that they had some transfers, and the coaching staff might, is probably going to be better this year, but I just I don't have a lot of confidence yeah. in Arizona State based on the last 10 years. No. I didn't, so where I were s- they picked at? Just curious, where were they know. picked in their pick twelve? I don't know. Or pack twelve. Uh, preseason pack twelve. My ball. my saying L is only based on the fact that I'm pretty sure my friend Jay is going to that game and his record is atrocious. Sure. So well, the one road game. The that's what I'm going. Yeah, maybe you should for. tell him the knot. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't control his um, his travel. No, he I should. I think they they should win the game. I'm taking the whole pack twelve after dark hashtag pack twelve after dark. 
thing going on and just something stupid goes on. And well, yeah. Why would – I'm thinking. I'm also thinking back to whenever Oklahoma State went out to Arizona. Uh, what was that, West Lunt? Those those days way back then. And it so, was pack tw- how many schools are in the Pac-12? Right Nine. now? Like right, ten. right now. For this year, 10. So, uh, Stanford was picked 12th. Okay, there's 12. And Arizona State was picked 11th. Oh, yeah, because UCLA and USC are still there. That'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then okay. technically Colorado still is. Right, as right, well. right. So there's an actual 12 teams. Yeah. This okay. is the only conference that does that. Um, they were picked 11th. So they're 11th? I think, I, it, mean, I think it still could be kind of a, um, you know, situation of it's going to be closer than we think it's going to be. Yeah. But I, I think it'll still be a okay. win. Uh, South Alabama? I think that one's going to be tough. I think Oklahoma State wins. Because it's at home kind of thing? Yes. Okay. I don't want Oklahoma State fans going into this game thinking it's a South Alabama of 15 years. South Alabama is going to be a very all, all good they football did, team. You're, peop, they're going to be in a couple of preseason top 25s, and people are going to be really surprised by that until you look at what they landed in the transfer portal. It's like trickle-down transfer portal when it comes to Alabama. All of the people who, you know, second and third strings at, at Alabama Interesting. who would have played anywhere else. Yeah. South now Alabama. leave and want to stay I, in Alabama. I, they go right down the what road. Did, what did Robert say? Yeah. Um, I think they're the school. I, I think they return more starters than I don't know about any other program, but I think most it's most. I think they return like 18 or 19 yeah. starters. And then added to that yeah. with the bunch. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, South so Alabama is going to be good. Here's my qualm with this. They play South Alabama really. It's going to be a scrappy game. Yeah. And they play Iowa State the next week to open conference play. One of those games is a loss. If I had so, if that is the case, so, so does I the would bad pick, luck continue so, in Ames? No. If if I had to pick, if if the football gods came down and said Oklahoma State right. will be two and one going into I or they will be two, they'll be three and one going into Kansas State on October sixth. Where's that loss come from? I would and it, and I had to pick between South Alabama and Iowa State. I would give the loss to South Alabama because you don't want it to affect the Big Twelve standing. Well, no, because. Traditionally, if you go back through it, Iowa State's really not that good yeah. early in the season. Yeah, I, I think that you know they they typically haven't hit their stride until middle to end of October. Is that when so the fact their grass gets taller on I the field? Yes, yeah. starts. I'll, to, I'll go South Alabama. Oh, then I still I still will pick a win for South Alabama, um, but it's going to be one of those like knockdown dragouts yeah. going yeah. down to the blast. 10 minutes, but it's like 31 27. Probably something 35 28. Yeah. You know, something su- it's going to come down to the last couple of minutes of the ball game. Um, give me a Kendall Daniels takeaway. Yeah. To, to seal it, you know, yeah, write that down. Oh, yeah, I got that. Um, but I will say this if OSU it, loses to South Alabama, it is not the because they're really good. I, I don't want to hear this whole fire Gundy, get rid of this, unless they just get blown out. If we win Central Arkansas and we win Arizona State, is South Alabama, is that a ranked matchup between both teams, do you think? Could be. Mm, I think it would be too early in the year I don't for know. South Alabama to be ranked. It depends on how they're viewed in the preseason. I think it might be too early for OSU to be ranked. Very well I would be. agree with that. I think it, I think it's too early for both. Um, All right, Friday night, under the line. Oh, I, no, 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 I'm sorry. Iowa State, what would you guys have? It's Iowa. I, I think I'll go they, win I in I think A's. they win. I've got them 4-0. So you got them 4-0 at that point. You got a dub. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a loss. I got 2-2. Two and two. 
Two and two. All right, Kansas State, Friday Night Lights. <sighs> I don't know. Friday Night Lights. Um, I really don't because K-State. K-State, they lost – they lost some talent, but they but, also but they, they but kept the most. They kept most of them, and around. they brought some good guys in, but it's in Stillwater. Um, I think it'll be I, a loss. I've got K State, but I don't think it's going to be bad. No, I don't as think. As, no, I don't think it's going to be one of those. <laughs> I don't think anything will be as bad no, as that no, one up there. Forty-nine but, to nothing. But I also don't think it's going to be like Kansas. Where, like, you get to a certain point in that game and there's just no hope. Like, it wasn't right. some massive blowout, right. but you knew midway through the third quarter you were going to lose that game. Yeah. Correct. I don't think it's going to be that way. No. Um, honestly, Kansas State could sort of just be, for me, the reverse of South Alabama. I think it kind of be a knockdown drag out. The winner, but I do think the winner could be 13, 14, 15 points. But it's not going to feel like you got whooped. So I'll take a I'll take a loss, but I don't think it's going to be horrible. I will say that I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll be bad. All right, I've I've got a W on that one. Wow, okay. I know, okay. I know. So I just it's it's that uh, you're at home. Sure, crazy things happen at night in Stillwater, and especially you. with Kansas State. I mean, go back to the climb, uh, climb days and all that. But would they do a blackout that early? Yeah, would they Hope save so. it for bedlam? Well, no. so here's the here's the thing. I though. think they'll orange out for bedlam. So but for blackout for Kansas one. State, I think they do something. They have to, because it's a Friday night. Yeah, it'll it's a stripe or they they're gonna do some water high plays on Thursday. Well, it's a it's a Friday at six thirty. Yeah. So you got people that are getting off of work. Um, it's gonna be a stadium not full till the second quarter, kind of a thing. Um, so they're gonna have some kind of, you know, not like a giveaway, but a stripe or blackout or something. They're gonna do. They have to do something to get fan involvement because. Friday games are tough, but yeah. that's the that's a Big Twelve contract. That's not like yeah. OSU is stipulated. But um, so Kansas, October fourteenth, in Stillwater, Kansas will be good. I've got OSU, but yeah, I've got I OSU. OSU. Kansas will be they'll be better than they were because they were dealing with injury as well. From my understanding, OSU is usually okay against mobile quarterbacks. So well, uh, it depends on who that mobile quarterback is. Okay, I mean Jalen Daniels is an electric man, but I know. It, and you know, and, and all this, of course, Baker we're Mayfield. we're going through this, and we're going through this in in July. July, July 30th. Yeah. fall will, camp has not started. Will Will Jane Davis, Daniels even still be healthy at that point? Because he's going to take a lot of licks. He's going to take a lot of licks. But I'll say, that I I will give Kansas a lot of credit for keeping Leipold on. For yeah. they are recruiting well. They're actually putting, putting money into, into their the stadium. System. Oh, that yeah. that's a game changer. Um, I don't think you're going to see a 2008 Kansas anytime soon, but I do think Kansas is going to be better than they were last. You could see the uh, what was it, the Liberty Bowl? Is that what they played mm-hmm. in last? Year? You could see Liberty Bowl Kansas, tough, gritty, you know, trying to beat an Arkansas, you know. Yeah. But I, I I've got OSU winning that game. Uh, West, right. Virginia, West Virginia. I don't. I don't. They could play that game anytime, any day. I don't care. It's OSU. I've got OSU. Yep. I would be you got OSU? of yeah, all the games on this schedule, I would be more shocked if West Virginia beat OSU in South Alabama than Central Arkansas. Yeah, and I, 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 I there's yeah. a little tongue in cheek. It's a little facetious, sure. but I would be more shocked if OSU went to Morgantown and got beat by West Virginia than I would Central Arkansas just jumping out and biting OSU. If, if Central Arch, Arkansas comes up and... Now, that's a worse loss. We have an interesting <laughs> podcast that next day. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's a, now, Central Arkansas is a worse <laughs> loss. Yeah, no doubt. But I'd be more surprised if West Virginia won. I've got OSU there. Um, Cincinnati and Stillwater, I think that's homecoming. 
It is. It's a win. I even if it wasn't Halloween weekend. I think I just think that everything that Cincinnati went through, losing their coach, you know, and and I think everything that Cincinnati went through, I just don't know if they have enough right now. Plus, this will be the first time that they've played Power Five schedule all the way through, right? I mean, I get that they were really good and they played in the playoff and that was good. Um, but entirely different situation. And this, I'm really, I'm really interested to see how this year plays out. UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, I, BYU. I how think, does that all work? I, I think Cincinnati comes out near the bottom, near West Virginia, when it's all said and done. I, I could see upper, yeah. upper bottom third. Yeah, I've I don't got, think they'll be horrible. But I've got I, OSU. Yeah, I same. Even, right. even if it wasn't homecoming. All right, I'm, I'm taking the lead on this one. I think we win the last bedlam. I think we come out. I think we come out. I don't care about the two and two or the one and two, two and one in the non-conference. I think by this point, Nardo's figured out this league. I think um, if we're assuming all healthy here, you know, relatively healthy here, we're not assuming the wheels fall off. I typical, think you've got a Bowman football banged up. By by this point, you're at game number what nine? Our quarterback Bowman. If it's Bowman, if it's um, if it's Garrett. They figured out the league. I think we. I think there's going to be enough hype on that game. There's going to be enough energy in the stadium. I. I think it's one of those. I don't think it's a twenty. Was that 2013, 2011, where it was just a just a knockdown, just drive, a just whooping. A blowout. I don't think it's that. No. But I don't think it's. I don't think it's the opposite of last you know year. But I think it's a. a I could a good see game. it being. I could see it being kind of like twenty one. You know, uh, it's a it's a super close game. OU has some momentum at some point, and you kind of feel a little. But you'll see Kendall some, Daniels. Yeah, you'll you'll pick. see some massive, like a pick six, scoop and score, um, blocked punt for a score. I know that happened, like oh, that happened with OU. Um, but it's gonna, I don't maybe a kick return. Maybe they'll punt twice to us. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be some kind of. I could see it being like twenty one, being a massive play that flips everything, and from that point on, it's like OSU's winning this ballgame. I don't think my anxiety level has still come down from the end of that game, by the way. I, you know, every, every now and then, the... Um, you go stand in the uh, Main Street Walmart, relive it. Yeah. They played on the TV. That's true. Um, <laughs> I Every now and then, uh, it'll pop up on my Twitter of the, uh, like, the three-version clip will pop up. So you all it, and all of it has the side by side camera angles. So you've got the TV copy and you've got the stadium camera. All it's always split, but it's a three version. So you have just the stadium noise of the return, and then you have Chris Fowler's return. Is it was it Chris Fowler calling the game? I think is what it was for Tyree. Yeah, no, no, no. The twenty one. Brendan Presley. Yeah. Was it Chris Fowler? The, the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Game Chris day. Fowler. Yeah, yeah. You have his, and then you've got Hunziker's call. Oh. And if this. you if you watch that clip, the state not the TV clip, but the stadium clip, and the the crowd noise, and then you lay Hunziker's call over it, I still get good. And I've I've done a really I did a really good job when I started in fifteen to when I left uh, full time of separating myself, my fandom Never from. Left. Yeah, I'm still here, baby. Uh, from separating my fandom from my professionalism, so I can go into a game. And my blood pressure stay the same. Like it, it. I like if it's a half court shot against Kansas, you know, on a packed out GIA. Like it might be like one of those like, oh, you know. But I'm not like amped because of who it was. But I'm amped because I'm a human and it's an incredible event. And that's what I was for Bedlam. But I went back and watched it that clip after I left full time. 
my fandom started to show back through. I was just like, "Woo, man, I can't wait for football season. Um, but June, uh, July 30th, I'm taking Oklahoma State in Bedlam. I think it's going to be close. I think it'll be a big, massive play that changes it. Let's circle back uh, the start of Big 12 play, and then we'll circle back the week leading into this and see where we're at health-wise. That's my question. I know you had a couple questions about the matchup. As much as does Brian Nardo figure it out, and as much as does Alan Bowman or whoever's QB1 figure it out, does Brent Venables figure it out? Mm-hmm. That's the... Yeah. yeah, because I think that OU has a chance to be pretty special. Right. But if if it's something kind of like last year... And we'll figure out this year what the problem is. Yeah. This sure. this is, well... Because I still don't believe that it's Dylan Gabriel. I don't I either. think that kid can play. Yeah. I, I think he can absolutely play. And but he's not... He took a lot of heat last year. They went out and tried to replace Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, and they went out and got a similar player, but... There is no Baker Mayfield. Well, that and Marvin Mims was good, but but you didn't have like what CD you didn't ha- you didn't have like a CD Lamb or a yeah. Caleb Williams. Yeah. You didn't have that massive takeover. Yeah. Now, all of that being said, look at what they did in the first quarter of Bedlam. So Correct. I can't. I'm not sitting here saying they weren't a good football team. Sure. Um, but but that that was the typical oh, the prototypical game so of bad. one side could not do a single thing right, the other side couldn't do a thing wrong, and they were so injured. Yeah. My gosh! So yeah, let's. And this is tough. We'll circle back twice. There is, by the way, this is kind of like those uh, you know on uh, on game day um, yeah. whenever you see like OSU is going to play and you mm-hmm. see like all the one team and you're like, mm-hmm. so if you take OSU here, I know we're screwed. I'm changing my mind. I'll go OU. I'll go. <laughs> OU. I'll take. I'll be the guy. I'll take Oklahoma State. But in doing that on July 30th, again, I'll we'll circle back mm-hmm. midway yeah. through the year. Oklahoma State beats OU and then turns around and goes to Orlando and gets beat by UCF. Absolutely, well, I'd already a sold out space game. Hundred percent. Is that oh. is it the space game? Yeah, they've already announced it. Oh, is. We've got to go to Orlando. We must go. That's we so must pilgrimage. I will take jump the kids around. To Disney. I I want to go. That'd be pretty we need cool. To, that's. Jason Elmquist. Uh, that'll that that's two weeks before. Uh, if you're listening we have to this, buddy, <laughs> that's uh, November you have 11th. Two assistants. That's uh, <laughs> November 11th is roughly two weeks before we have a baby, so I need to. You should be I, fine. I, plenty because she's not technically due till the 30th. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's no way. Thanksgiving. Mine only baby. came three weeks early, but that's cool. All right. So what you got on? Well, UCF I was I was a week game, late. John. You got it. You know what you have to do. But you picked OU to win, though. So, two losses in a row. I'll ride with it. I'll Come, do it. Coming with the dub? I just, I think when no, you... I, no, I'll go, I'll go loss on that one. So, I, two L's in a row, okay? That, when you look at what UCF has done in the last... Man, I don't know. And then you look at Gus Malzahn, they have been so desperate to prove that they belong. It'll be a sold-out game. The games are incredibly ruckus anyway. If it is that they you I didn't know this, they, but they announced the space game that adds another layer to it. That means that regardless of what UCF is at that point, it will be packed. Yes. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And it's Oklahoma State, and if OSU, if OSU beats OU, it, based on what we've done, mm-hmm. OSU will be ranked. Oh yeah. So you'll have a ranked Oklahoma State going into Orlando, a place that. Is already pissed off. At the, the big, the entire Big Twelve is pissed off at UCF, so they already have a chip on their shoulders. You have a ranked Oklahoma State team coming off a win over Oklahoma in a space game sold out in Orlando. 
Yeah, I, I have UCF, unfortunately. Yeah. And and again, that'll circle back and sure. right. and and who knows? Maybe OSU is twenty eleven good, but the offense is clicking and the off you know, yeah. you don't have to rely on one player. Right. But um if that's but I do have that next week I do well we didn't hear what you had to say. Oh, I've got an L there too. Okay. Yeah, no, I wrote that down as soon as I wrote down the Bedlam W. Bedlam I wrote down the L immediately. Um, but and then with, I, I've got him taking the last two. With that, I was going to say I've got him. Houston I've got him beating BYU. Houston, and I've got him beating because I think BYU. I relied on BYU a lot the last couple of years in doing our weekly picks, but I think that BYU is in for kind of the Cincinnati. I don't think I think they'll be better than Cincinnati. Well, we'll, have, we'll have 12 teams in the league this year. You have 12 teams in or the 14. league. 12. Uh, 14. You're right. 14. 14. I think I think BYU finished like a 11th. I see him in the bottom third yeah. because and, and honestly, I could see all four, all four of the new schools being in the bottom third, bottom fourth, because I think Houston will greatly benefit from being in the big. I think Houston, all sports in Houston, will greatly benefit. I think Cincinnati is going to benefit football-wise being in the Big 12. I think UCF is greatly going to benefit. I think I think all four schools are going to benefit being in the Power 5. But this first year, playing an entire Power 5 schedule, you look at how good Texas is, should be. You look at how good Tech, Baylor, TCU, Kansas State. Kansas should be better. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Like It's not the SEC, but the Big 12 is a lot better than people think, and these four schools are going to be in for it that first year. These three, these last three games that we have are against the new guys like you're talking about. They have been beat up for nine games at that point so during the possible season. So it's possible. I think if OSU loses to UCF, it's not going to be because they got beat physically. It's sure. going to be an emotional letdown game. Something. but yeah. from, from Bedlam. But I could still see... And an emotional uptick from them. I could still see three games, three straight. Like, if I, it, I don't think it's a stretch to say OSU beats UCF. No, so no, if no, that's no, the case, then I've got them losing to Kansas State and then winning out. Yeah, I was gonna say. So, so I've got, final rankings here. You got the guy who works for, uh, you know, Robert Allen yeah. saying ten and two, and this is the but, and, and, then, and that's what's crazy is it could be ten and two, it could be eleven and one. I mean, I don't think it's to be that, but. It's ten and two, nine and three, and and honestly, nine and three. I think if they stay healthy, would be the worst. Well, and John, you had eight and four, and then the voice of reason in the middle, uh, nine and three. So um, I think that's incredibly. You know, feasible. I, I, I think that any of those now, yeah. all of those are above the Vegas over With the money, and <laughs> that's know, the thing. I, I would, think it's seven and a half. If I if last I might, saw, it might be six and a half. It's six and a Is half. It six I think. and a half. Okay, I think last so. I saw it was I, seven and a half. But if it was legal in Oklahoma. Well, if I if I had get to know somebody on Vegas, John, I I don't know. I I can't <laughs> bring myself. I don't really. I can't bring myself to gamble. Yeah. But like, but if I did, there's yeah. so like, much. That I know goes that into a season. I know people that do gamble. Yeah. I would put money on the over under. Well, how because good? OSU's not losing more than they're they're gonna they're not gonna lose more than what that over under is. No. The, the whole not. season over under. There's so much that goes into it. How good did you feel about your bet? If you made a bet on the over of OSU's total last year after the Texas game, how, how good did you feel about being six and one? Yeah, you felt great. Absolutely. Because and then when that's you were why it was struggling so and needing that West Virginia game, yeah. ooh, you know you didn't see those wheels falling yeah. off. Who, no. kno- who knows what happened? Oh, sure. But, but even then, if you look at last year. It was still more than the over under this year, yeah. And that's why I would never ever take the under unless the over under was like eleven. Mm-hmm. 
But at that, if if Vegas and if has I'm Georgia, I still don't feel good about taking the under. Well, but if I was going to say if Vegas has Oklahoma State at uh, over under ten and a half or eleven wins, things have gone really really well for Oklahoma State. Oh, yeah. So it's been fun. Appreciate uh, appreciate you, John, for for stopping in. I appreciate Brian for reaching well, appreciate out. Appreciate John for opening the door as well. That's you know, true. Letting us Play into literally. his house. They took my key. Letting us into his house. Should play sports, buddy. Your network. Yeah. I want to thank uh, the Triple Play Sports Radio Network here on this Sunday afternoon. So really, uh, really appreciate them. Um, appreciate Tom stopping in, talking a little basketball first. Uh, I don't know when the next one's going to be. Well, well off air, easy. Before well, yeah. I think like we, we where did I miss talked a little basketball uh, before we recorded. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll do a basketball pod here at some point in the next month, month and a half. They got to go to Spain, so we'll talk about them. Yeah. Uh, what is uh, Cowboys in Spanish? You guys learn anything? Caballeros. 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 That's right. Alan Bowman is the uh, Post Report Player Journal this year. He's going to write the he'll he'll write the Player Journal, and we'll have a video every week of Alan Bowman. I think I I think it starts in fall camp. I don't know for sure, but uh, at least for right now, for the first month or two, it'll be the only place that you'll get Alan Bowman as he's a first year player at Oklahoma State. Um, and if you complain about that, well, you should have paid him. But that's going to do it for the Pokesport Podcast. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next time, and uh, maybe the first week uh, after the first week of fall camp, we'll get together again, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see where we're at. Uh, that's going to do it for the Pokesport Podcast. We'll talk to you next time here on Triple Play Sports Radio. <laughs> Just kidding. It's because we're here. Look at me. I'm I went right back to it. I was right back into it, man. Like I never left. <laughs> Triple Play Sports Radio, man. Instead yeah. of your mark putting out the they're back. Zach's going to put out a tweet. I'm back. I'm back. That was a great release. By that the really way. was. Uh, from the Triple Play Sports Radio studios, this is the Pokeshore Podcast here on Pokeshore.com. <laughs>